We all want some level of safety and security. Firefighters, construction workers, EMT. They're all there when you need them to help manage life's chaos. In retirement, you want that same level of safety, but who is there for you to make sure your money will last? Brian isn't just there in case of emergency. He's there so you don't have an emergency with your money. A safer retirement doesn't mean a boring retirement, but a prepared one full of the things that inspire you. This is Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker. Welcome to Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement Planning. I'm Mark Elliott. I would encourage you to check out Brian's website. Learn more about Brian and the team, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. And, of course, on their menu of items you can check out on that website, there's also Safer Education. Uh, there's books and useful guides. There's 12 different things you can download, including Brian's book on retirement, The Decker Approach. But there's a lot of different things you can download to kind of educate yourself when it comes to retirement, maybe answer some of the questions or concerns you may have. All of that and more on the website, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. And like we did, a, I don't know, a few weeks ago, we had Neil Finning on the program. Neil is a retirement-based planner for Decker Retirement in the Renton office. Neil, welcome. How are you? Doing well. Happy to be here. Hey, Brian, we want to hear a little bit more about Neil. Last time we kind of let him skate on in. We didn't hear a lot of inside information. Do you want to start with that, Brian? Yeah. What's your background, Neil? Tell us how you got into retirement planning. I've uh, been in the industry for six years now. I actually started out uh, as a geologist and then got referred to a position at Charles Schwab and loved it, hit it off, really enjoy uh, coming up with tactics to make people's plans more efficient and uh, make everything kind of work out as a well-oiled machine. So yeah, looking for a long-term career here along with uh, working on my CFP, which I should have done by the end of the year. So uh, Neil, fill us in on this weekend. It's something called pond skimming. Is that what you're doing? You're going to ski off the slope, but into the pond, and you're going to be the only one that makes it through safely without falling. I would love to be the only one that makes it through safely. Likelihood is that I will uh, not make it to the end of the skim, but uh, yeah, closing day weekend is this weekend. They extended the season because of how much snow we got here at the end. So We'll uh, build out a little pond in the resort and then hit it, you know, 30 or 40 miles an hour and try to get across the other side. So it should be pretty exciting. Without face planning. And Brian, I mean, you've got a brand new knee. I mean, this would be nothing for you, I would think. <laughs> <laughs> I, without, with my old knee, I would love to try it. I've watched people do it. It looks like a lot of fun. All right. Well, I'm glad everything went well. Uh, Neil, glad you're with us as well for Safer Retirement Radio with the team from Decker Retirement Planning. Uh, we are going to talk about taxes. We're going to talk about some of the things we need to be on the lookout for. Uh, I guess really, Brian, let's start with that. I mean, people get done with taxes, feeling, you know, getting their taxes prepared, right? Not tax planning for the future, but tax preparation. So we've done our taxes. We filed our taxes. Uh, we don't care about taxes anymore, do we? Uh, yeah, so now we've got nine months left to plan for 1231 year-end, what to look out for, what can you do. And we want to spend today's radio show talking about um, how to maximize the tax deductions that are available. And Neil, you're one of the best in the company at this, so glad that you're here with us today. What do we do, Neil, for someone who, um, let's say they have a 401k and uh, – and they have a Roth option. Should they max it out? 
Yeah, that's a good question and a question that comes up a lot. Uh, it really depends on the income that you have now and the income that you expect in your the future. Uh, younger you are, more ideal time to start doing Roth uh, contributions. But as you kind of get closer to that retirement age, and if your income looks like it's going to be dropped when you retire and start to uh, reduce from there, then that would be a good time to do Roth conversions. So I suggest in those scenarios that people actually continue to make the pre-tax contributions uh, and then max out uh, Roth conversions later when their income drops. But I think what you're alluding to and is something important to, to note is that as of last year, uh, the Build Back Better plan did not pass, which they were going to make it hard to do what's called a backdoor Roth conversion. And a lot of people have the ability to actually make what's called after-tax contributions to their 401k. So you can max out your pre-tax contributions, um, employer match contributions, and then you have this additional gap up to about 61000 that you can fill with what's called an after-tax contribution. And what's great about that, although the growth is taxable on that, you can convert that immediately to a Roth account without any tax implications. So there's a lot of unique strategies that you can um, utilize, which is unbelievable, and a lot of people don't know about those. Okay, so let's split this out. So on the 401k, anyone who has a 401k should find out if they have a Roth option, step one, and uh, and follow your guidance on the income brackets if their income uh, rises after retirement or drops after retirement. But let's talk about the Roth now as a contribution. Many people, many people, not just high net worth, many people have income, they're married, filing jointly, and their incomes um, preclude them or disqualify them from uh, getting Roth conversions of six, $7,000 a year. What are their options, Neil? Yeah, so you can, as I was saying, with the backdoor Roth option with an after-tax 401k, uh, if you can make those contributions, you can also make non-deductible contributions to an IRA account and then convert those into a Roth account. So instead of taking a deduction from doing an IRA contribution, if your income is too high, uh, you as a couple can make uh, contributions to your traditional IRA account and then immediately convert those to a Roth, and that'll subvert the limitations on contributions. And are you limited on the backdoor Roth to uh, six or seven thousand dollars? Six or seven thousand uh, dollars, if it's based purely on your traditional IRA contribution. But in some cases, you can actually do uh, what's called the mega backdoor Roth conversion, which is that uh, after-tax four hundred one k option is the other. Um, avenue for Roth conversions. Good. And Neil, what if uh, now we're going to switch over to the the limitations of the IRA? So let's say that the IRA, um, you want to get more money than six or seven thousand dollars a year, growing tax deferred. You want to make it up. You so the the government gives you at fifty and older the makeup provision of an extra thousand dollars a year, but that's not going to put much of a dent if you really want to sock money away tax deferred. What are your options there, Neil? Yeah, so actually, that's um, there's a lot of unique options. There's what you can do to, to create another tax-deferred account. So that means it'll be taxable later, but right now it won't accumulate any interest payments that you have to make towards 
um, your taxes every year. And that would be something like a fixed index annuity or an equity index annuity or an annuity in general. You could put money into that. And then all of the growth that you have in that is not taxable until you actually start to make distributions. So that's a great way to avoid taxes in the near term um, until you actually want to collect on that. Say your income drops. And that's another thing that uh, is really important and kind of what I was alluding to. If we can figure out what your income is in the future, so if we do the income plan, which is our bread and butter, uh, that'll allow us to actually start to employ these strategies so that we can come up uh, with the best solution for you. Now, Neil, I'm going to be sarcastic for a moment. Um, the tax deferred benefit of a fixed indexed annuity um, is without the RMD at age 72, right? Absolutely. Yes, exactly. Okay. So I remember the numbers, Neil. Um, they're, they're in my head. The power of the Roth conversion. Do you remember we, uh, we took a guy, 60 years old, million dollar IRA, growing at 6%. Uh, at age 72, he's paying current tax rates on his required minimum distributions. He, we killed him off at age 90, and he paid in his lifetime $670,000 in taxes. But wait, there's more. The SECURE Act has a requirement that requires the beneficiaries of those IRAs to pay the rest of the taxes in a 10-year period. So the beneficiaries paid another 700 and something thousand meaning that this guy at 60 years old with his IRA growing at 6% paid 1.39, almost 1.4 million in taxes, and his net contribution, net of tax to his kids after 30 years was 1.2 million. Now, if we take a Roth contribution and we convert IRA to Roth, that same 60-year-old with a million-dollar IRA and we aggressively go after it in the first three years, 225000 a year. We convert IRA to Roth and then 50000 a year so that by age 72, there's no IRA money left, no exposure to the required minimum distributions at age 72. That person didn't pay $1.4 million in taxes. They paid three hundred and what was the number, Neil? $340,000? 320000 $320,000, and instead of passing 1.2 net to his kids, he passed on $4.1 million to his kids. It is dramatic. Um, the Roth IRA, how does it rank, um, in your opinion, as far as the availability of the biggest tax minimization strategy available to most people? I mean, I, that's number one. There's literally nothing else that I could think of that would eliminate as much future taxes as doing Roth conversions. Okay. Now, invariably, um, when we deal with someone like, let's say, Mark, Mark, uh, your CPA, Neil is going to tell you to proactively pay taxes now. And uh, Mark's CPA predictably is going to scream and yell and say what, Neil? So... It's an interesting situation for CPAs. Their kind of main goal is to reduce taxes as much as they possibly can in any given year. And I think that that's a major deficit when it comes to planning because eliminating future taxes, especially when we have some of the lowest tax rates we've ever had right now, it would be much more efficient to look at taking that opportunity. Uh, so the Tax Cut and Jobs Act actually goes back to the previous rates at the end of 2025, so starting in 2026 
on average, your tax uh, rate will go up about 3%. So if we're looking at future taxes, we should absolutely incorporate taking advantage of them while they're low. And a CPA will look at your situation and say, no, this year we're going to do more tax deferred items. And so there's kind of that, that conflict that happens between us looking at future projections versus the CPA looking at one year to year projections. So but Brian, invariably the, the CPA will say something along the lines of like, no, why would we do that? You know, you're going to have to pay more taxes on that. Yeah. But yes. Brian, wouldn't you say though, in what Neil just said makes a lot of sense and why you ask that question, we understand it because CPAs are typically looking in the rear view mirror, looking at last year, how do we save you taxes on your tax returns? CPAs don't typically know when they do your taxes, they don't know all the different things you hold. Right. So they don't really know about some of the items you have that may be a big problem down the road because they're not looking at that. They're looking in the rearview mirror while you guys are looking out the windshield. Right. So we are being proactive in paying taxes now because we believe and Neil, you've you've had rooms full of people, 30, 40 plus people for several times in your seminars. And you ask the question, who in here believes that tax rates are going down I've been doing this 36 years. I've never heard someone say that they believe that tax rates are going down. Have you, Neil? No, I have not. And so, Mark, because we believe that tax rates are going up, we we think – and by the way, we're not hammering CPAs. They, like like Neil said, they their job is to minimize taxes today. So we are taking a longer-term view and saying if we can pay taxes now – and have the growth of that money be tax-free and the income coming back to you be tax-free and it passed to beneficiaries tax-free, then we are all over that because we can convert IRA money to Roth and keep people in the same tax bracket even. Um, we just need to know the gap. Um, Mark, do we have time to no, go through how don't. to calculate the gap? We don't. But we do have time to get to it in our next segment. So we'll talk about that gap. How do you make sure that you don't bounce into a higher tax bracket? And as Neil said, don't forget that the tax laws we're currently under 2018 through 2025. And in 2026, we revert back to the 17 rates and brackets. So all those brackets go up 3 or 4%. Uh, so there's a moving target here. And if you do want to go into the Roth world, and it's not right for everybody. That's why Neil and Brian and the team at Decker Retirement will sit down with you to figure out, does this make sense or does it not? Because it's not right for everybody. But if it makes sense, I think we all like the idea of tax-free money. You've got to pay the taxes, though, when you convert, when you do it. So you do have, there's a lot of uh, strategies involved. That's what the team of Decker Retirement is all about. It's helping you figure out what makes the most sense for you. You can always give them a call. There's no cost and say, hey, I want to know, what do you think? Does a Roth make sense for me? Should I move? How much money should I move? Uh, they can help you figure all of that out. It's 833-707-3030. 833-707-3030. Then how do we control our tax brackets? Well, Brian and Neil will talk about it when we come back. This is Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker and Neil Finning right here on Safer Retirement Radio, back in one minute. Confused on when to take Social Security? Give Brian J. Decker a call at 833-707-3030. This is your captain speaking. We're expecting fair skies, a smooth flight, and about a 85% chance or so of making it to our destination. So sit back, relax, and uh, enjoy the rest of the flight. 
Would you stay on that plane? Of course not. Well, do you have a retirement plan where you probably won't run out of money? You need a plan that no matter the destination, you'll get through retirement confidently. Brian J. Decker at Decker Retirement Planning has been helping families retire for more than 35 years. He can design a plan to help you get to your destination as comfortably as possible, even if Wall Street or the economy causes some turbulence. Set up your visit with Brian J. Decker at Decker Retirement Planning to start working on your retirement plan. 833-707-3030. Get a plan designed to allow you to sit back, relax, and enjoy the retirement you've worked so hard for. 833-707-3030. Firm offers insurance services. Decker Retirement Planning, Inc. is a registered investment advisor in the state of Utah. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. You're listening to Safer Retirement Radio. If you like what you hear on today's show or have questions, drop by DeckerRetirementPlanning.com or call 833-707-3030 to talk to Brian. Glad you're with us today for Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker and Neil Finning of the Decker Retirement Planning Team. You can always go to the website to find out more, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. Right there on the menu, there's a heading called Safer Education. Uh, safer retirement education, actually, and you can go to that, and there are there's just tons of information. There's a dozen things you can download. There's Brian's book on retirement, the Decker approach, the three principles of retirement book, the checklist challenge, sample income plan. That's just four of the twelve things you can download. There's no cost to you at all. Just go to the website, download the stuff you want to learn more about. You can certainly do that. Just go to DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. Decker Retirement Planning. Dot com. And joining us today, of course, Neil Finning, alongside, of course, the, the big boss himself, Brian J. Decker. I'm Mark Elliott. Glad you're with us. We're talking about taxes, and we're in that Roth world where you're trying to help people figure out how to move some money away from the tax-deferred world. And it's because, is it because, Brian, it's such a big deal? Because, you know, it's not, our grandparents, this was not a factor for them at all. Uh, they had pensions, Social Security. They didn't have IRAs and 401ks. IRAs started in 1974. 401k started in 1978, really went into use in the early 80s. So today's retirees are the ones dealing with this tax-deferred issue, and their 401ks, their IRAs, you know, half a million, a million, whatever, you just keep going up. All that money is not taxed until you start taking it out. You're talking today about trying to move some of that out of that tax time bomb, if you will, into a tax-free world, but you do have to pay the taxes when you convert. But there's some key areas, I suppose, you'd have to figure out, does it make sense? That's right. And so we're a math-based firm, Mark. And one of the things that we do is try to make sure that um, our clients pay as little tax as possible. And so one of the things that we talked about in the earlier segment was how horribly destructive the IRA is for taxes. It's by far, superlative intended, by far the most tax inefficient vehicle out there. The IRA is wonderful for the IRS. It's not wonderful for the retiree. And so we're going to continue our discussion about calculating what what amounts go into the Roth each year and what, what type of accounts uh, we use for the, the Roth investment. So Neil, when it comes to um, calculating each year how much money uh, to go into an uh, from an IRA to a Roth, how do you do that? Take us through the steps. Yeah, so it's actually really important to start with a plan. So figuring out uh, what your income targets will be in retirement um, and what we plan on taking for you as income. Um, and then from there, we look to see what those income sources will be. So 
if we're drawing from something that's non-qualified, let's say a savings account, that won't affect your income as dramatically as something like drawing from your 401k or your IRA assets. So a lot of figuring out the Roth conversions comes down to what taxable income and where we're getting that uh, income from. And from there, we'll target usually, uh, depending on your income, somewhere up to the 22% bracket. So let's say you're married filing jointly, we're going to try to fill up that bracket uh, above your income. So let's say your income uh, married filing jointly is 100000 The top of the 22% bracket is about 172000 So with the standard deduction, we actually have room of about 196000 which means if your income's all coming from your IRA at 100000 we have 96000 or so that we can convert. And so we look at that every year to see what room we have, and then also what your future RMD obligations will be. If your RMD in the future is going to be above your income target, we should absolutely do uh, conversions right now so that we can reduce that. Ideally, if we can take a higher deduction somehow, which is some of the stuff we'll talk about uh, later, um, ways to create a greater deduction, uh, then we'll try to get as much into that Roth as possible. So when you start RMDs at 72, you aren't pushed up in the 24% or 32% bracket because that's a wasted opportunity. Um, if we can fill up the 24 as well, because that's only a 2% increase above the 22, we should absolutely talk about that. But it's really about determining what your future tax obligations will be. And that really determines uh, the moves that we make um, prior to RMD age. Okay, so that answers the how much uh, to pull out and when you're talking about a marginal tax rate of even 24%, um, payback is justified if, and this is going to be for another segment, but we use, um, we're a math-based firm. We go through the databases. We use the highest earning risk managers that we can find. They're computer trend following. Uh, they've never had a losing year in a down market. Um, and so there's a consistency in, in our managers that have produced average annual returns net of fees of over 20%. So we can calculate payback if your marginal rate is 24% and average annual returns are uh, over 20, that's an 18-month payback that people can live with because they earn back the taxes they paid and all of that future growth is tax-free all of the income coming from those accounts are tax-free and it passes to beneficiaries tax-free. How about what accounts to, um, to convert from IRA to Roth? Would you put, would you convert an account that has cash, um, FDIC money earning 0.5%? Would you convert CD money earning three or 4% or would this just be risk money? Tell us, uh, your thoughts on that and why um, we would just focus on one sector. Yeah. So the whole, what makes the Roth so valuable is that all of that growth is tax-free. So if we're going to put cash into the Roth, that really doesn't make much sense. So to your earlier point, it, getting the return payback is important. Um, and a cash account is not going to get that return payback probably ever. So you really want to move that risk bucket um, any of those risk assets to the Roth account because you want that accumulate as much growth and value as you can. Now, there's a there's a good point that you're making here too, kind of like hidden in this, but 
if the market's starting to drop and you have all these positions, well, you just got a tax break because now the value of your IRA is lower. So you can convert those positions directly to a Roth and allow those to grow back out. So it's almost, you can almost look at this as kind of uh, ice, not icing on the cake, but but a hidden opportunity to move some of these depreciated assets, especially if the market continues to go down, to a Roth account at a lower tax rate than previously. So that the growth is then tax-free. That's that's smart. So then you're proactively paying the taxes, and on top of that, you're taking advantage of a down market. Um, last question on a Roth. So we talked about the dollar amounts. We talked about the vehicles. Um, are there payback restrictions on the Roth? What do you mean? Is there a five-year um, rule on the Roth? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So if you do a conversion, you can't actually withdraw that money within five years. So you don't look to convert to a Roth account and then immediately distribute that account. The plan is to at least hold that for five years. And that'd be perfect too, because that also then allows it to grow. So it's it's really important that what we're using to generate income during that five-year period is already set to the side and going to be used for income and extraneous expenses. And then that Roth is allowed to grow. Uh, really the whole value and what makes the Roth so lucrative uh, is that all of that growth is tax-free. So converting it and then immediately cashing it doesn't make much sense. Got it. Um, all right. Well, Neil, when it comes to you're a genius when it with with the tax strategies. We've talked and spent a lot of time on the Roth conversion. What if someone doesn't have a lot of of money in the stock market, but they've got a portfolio of rental income? What what would be a great strategy for them to turn that rental income to a tax free income? I love um, rentals for a few reasons. You get a cash in on depreciation, so you can eliminate some of your cash flows taxes. Um, and there's something called cost segregation, which uh, you're able to depreciate um, items if you remodel 1031 exchange, you can accelerate the depreciation schedule. So most of the income that you're getting back from that rental uh, is tax free. But there's also a great opportunity to use something called a charitable remainder unit trust. Um, and that's where you put the rental into this irrevocable trust with the plan to give those assets uh, to charity um, after you pass away. And although that might not sound lucrative upfront, uh, what that allows you to do is eliminate any capital gains that you might pay on that property, get an immediate tax deduction somewhere in the range of 30 to 45%, depending on your age. Um, so you can actually use that deduction. Then if you have 401k assets to do a Roth conversion, so you can move assets immediately to a Roth and not have to pay any taxes on that because you have that deduction. And then to kick it off, you get a distribution from that charitable remainder trust for the rest of your life. Uh, a 5% distribution that will pay you. Um, it'll be taxable, which is kind of nuanced and dynamic. That's something that we'd have to discuss uh, on how that is taxable, but it'll be 5% distribution for the rest of your life. Um, and that can also increase in value because you can invest the credit assets however you want. 
So when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about that, clear up some any questions. Brian, you and Neil can continue talking on that. We're running out of time this segment. But here's the deal. If you have questions about the Roth world, about the cruts, you have questions about how do I put myself in a better position as it pertains to taxes, the team at Decker Retirement is here to help. 833-707-3030. No cost for this chat, no pressure, no obligation. 833-707-3030. They don't know if they can help until they hear from you. 833-707-3030. More with Brian and Neil when we come back on Safer Retirement Radio. If you're unsure of what your future in retirement looks like, give Brian a call at 833-707-3030. Glad you're with us today for Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement Planning. Also, Neil Finning. Neil, a retirement planner in the Renton office. I'm Mark Elliott. Glad you're with us today. You can always go to the website to find out more. You have some questions about some areas of retirement that you'd like to know a little bit more about. You can always go to the website, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. There's a dozen different things you can download, including Brian's book on retirement, The Decker Approach, uh, The Three Principles of Retirement Book, The Checklist Challenge, Sample Income Planner, just four of those 12 items you can download for absolutely no cost or no obligation whatsoever. Uh, the team's here to help you educate yourself. And then if you have questions about any of that, feel free to call them. It's 833 707 3030-833-707-3030. And we kind of had to cut Neil short a little bit talking cruts, <laughs> charitable something, something, something trust. I don't know. Um, so that's a real estate thing. Can you guys explain that a little bit more? Yeah, let's go, let's go back on the real estate side. Um, let's say that on, a, on you've got a depreciated portfolio of, um, we're going to get in the weeds on this, but I just want to finish up this last thing, Neil, and then I want to go back to crut which uh, means that if you guys heard what Neil said last segment, paying capital gains taxes is an option. It's not a requirement if you know tax strategy, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, So Neil, when it comes to a portfolio of rental income or rental real estate, um, let's say that their their cost seg strategy is really not available because they've owned their properties 10 or 15 years. They could do, and, and we've, we've uh, seen this done, uh, they could do a 1031 exchange, load up their portfolio with newer rentals, and then go to town with the cost seg and create a tax-free income stream, right? Yeah, that's uh, the cost segregation. If you plan to do remodels uh, or any spending that you want to put into the property, you just got to uh, pay for a new cost segregation study. So you can segregate out all of those individual pieces that you updated. And that works really well to Brian's point for 1031 exchange. If you can separate out all the items of the new property, you can start a new depreciation schedule, 7, 10, 15 years. And most of that income that you're getting back will be tax-free because you're depreciating it at an accelerated rate. Good. Okay. Now when it comes to, I want to spend more time on this. When it comes to the CRUT, the charitable remainder unit trust, people, um, they're, they're in a win-win situation um, because when it comes to low cost basis stocks or real estate, or even selling a company, paying that capital gain is an option, not a requirement. People don't have to pay that capital gain. There's a way that you can zero out that uh, capital gain using a charitable remainder unit trust. And um, Neil, take us one more time, just in three minutes, take us through the process. Let's say that uh, Mark and his famous wife 
have bought a dental practice uh, 10 years ago, and um, it was $250,000. Now it's worth $1.25 million. So they've got a million-dollar gain on, on that building, and they really, they're ready to start retirement, but they don't want to pay that horrific capital gains on a million dollars. What are their options? Yeah. So, I mean, if we're using the CRET, uh, the first piece of that is really kind of determining if you're comfortable uh, moving those assets and having those ostensibly passed to charity when you pass away. Um, but what makes it really powerful is that you can avoid the 200000 let's say 20% capital gain, long-term cap gains tax. So 200000 is what you'd owe on a million dollar gain. Uh, you can avoid that using the charitable remainder trust. Uh, then you'd also get an upfront deduction. So let's say they get a 30% deduction on that. So it would be somewhere in the order of 350 to 400,000 that you could use to write off income anywhere else, right? So you can do that for uh, IRA to Roth conversions. That would be a great way to move 400,000 from an IRA without any tax implications to a Roth. Perfect. You can grow tax-free from there. Uh, and then what makes it super powerful. And what I really like about it is you get to maintain distributions of 5% on that account. So let's say that'd be 750 or 75,000 a year as a 5% distribution, 70 to 75,000. So you could get that income every year for the rest of your life. And that's tied to whatever you've invested the credit in. So let's say you sell your business, you avoid capital gains tax, you get a deduction, uh, now it's valued at a million dollars. So you're getting a $50,000 distribution every year. And over 10 years, if you've invested that in stock, let's say, it grows to 2 million. Now that 5% distribution is based on the 2 million. So you're getting 100,000 in income going forward. So there, it's a win-win. You get tax deductions, get rid of cap gains, and you get an income distribution for the rest of your life. Uh, is there a case to be made for people to actually pay the capital gain. Let me give you an example. I'll never forget. It was November of 1999. We live in Microsoft country there. Uh, and Microsoft peaked at $160 a share. It split. We had people that we were wanting them going into retirement to de-risk and, and lower their exposure to the stock market. We wanted them to sell their um, Microsoft stock with a capital gain of 20%, long-term capital gain of 20%. And uh, in hindsight, everyone wished they did because the stock split went from 80 down to $16 a share in March of 2002. I'll never forget that. And then um, it, it took about 10 years for the stock to get back to even. So in hindsight, um, there are some times when you're far better off to take the gain, pay the capital gain, and move on with all of those funds liquid in your estate instead of using the CRUT. Can you differentiate? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things that kind of comes down to your individual situation. If, if all of your assets are, let's say you have $3 million and all of it is in Microsoft stock, Okay, well, the CRUT might not make sense because now you don't actually have a uh, beneficiary, uh, anything to pass on. But to Brian's point, you don't want to wait until the market corrects because then you won't have any 
value really to work with. Let's say it halves, now you're one and a half. Your retirement plans change pretty dramatically. So it really depends on your individual situation and what your priorities are um, to determine if it makes sense to pay some capital gains. I would much rather pay capital gains on a stock that's appreciated because I won, right? I, I made the money. I'm comfortable. I'm happy. I've, I've done enough. Now I can retire. Um, rather than look at ways to delay that because very likely the stock market will go back down and, and change the whole picture from there. So um, it really depends on your situation, whether you want to prioritize eliminating capital gains by using something like the charitable remainder trust or just paying capital gains because you've accumulated assets and that should be um, not a happy tax bill, but you know, that's a good problem to have. When it comes to stocks, um we sarcastically make this point um, because when it comes to, to uh, taxes, we try to minimize tax in every category of our retirement plan, even capital gains. But there are times when we want to, and I'm saying this sarcastically, maximize their capital gain because if they're maximizing their capital gain, that means they're maximizing their after-tax gain too. Um, in our economy, we have something called creative destruction. Creative destruction means that with no exception, every company is going to go through a growth phase, a maturation phase, and a decline phase. Many people in my career in the 80s and 90s, they were accumulating General Electric and AT&T. They didn't want to sell it. They had a huge gain. Well, when they created the cell phone, AT&T was wiped out. They had to recreate themselves as a wireless company. And GE, three years ago, lost 70% of their money. So without exception, you are going to give it back. Do you want to take the gain and maximize your after-tax gain? Or do you want to let the market pay your taxes for you? Remember, the average market drop every seven or eight years going back 100 years is well over 30%. Usually it's 30, 40, or 50%. The capital gain rate, long-term capital gains is 20. So we're talking about proactively paying half of what the market eventually is going to nail you with. Um, Neil, anything else on capital gains before we move on? Uh, we'll probably talk about net unrealized appreciation at some point, but no, I think you've made a lot of really good points. Hey, Let's can I ask you guys a question then before we head to our final segment? Yes. All right. So we started off talking about IRAs and, and moving money into the Roth world. And, and the Roth, we all get it. It's tax-free and the growth is tax-free once we pay the taxes on the conversion and all of that. And it makes great sense. It's not right for everybody. But here's my question. In 2020, the SECURE Act did away with the stretch IRA. So instead of you know leaving uh, an IRA to your adult children that let's say that are forty and their lifespan used to be you know there was and is I suppose till the you know eighty or eighty five they had forty forty five years to pull money out pay taxes year by year but didn't have to pull a huge amount out they could strategize well the stretch IRA was done away with with the Secure Act so now we have a ten year window so if you leave your adult forty year old children a million dollar IRA. They've got to pull all that money out in a 10-year window and pay the taxes on all of that. You could create them a huge problem. So what's the scoop on the IRA? Are we, should we still be doing it? What's your take on that? Neil, you want to grab that one? Yeah. So the IRA is great for minimizing your taxes right now. Um, Pre-tax, uh, you can, especially if you're a high-income earner, there's almost nothing better to, to eliminate your taxes now. But 
Mark, that's a great point. Um, and part of what we look at is if your goal is to uh, to pass on assets, well, why not pass on tax-free assets? They they won't be outside of your estate tax, um, which is another thing that we can discuss. But uh, if the if your beneficiary um, can receive assets without having to pay, you know, 32% tax bracket when they eventually pull it out, that's going to set them up much better for success. So in that previous example of the client uh, who at 60, um, we start doing conversions on, instead of passing 1.3 to their beneficiaries after taxes, uh, we're able to pass them 4.1 million. So, um, I mean, the, the, the value there is uh, understated. Yeah, I'm going to say what Neil said a little differently, and that is pre-59 and a half, focus on maximizing your 401k. If you have the Roth if you have the Roth option, do that. But focus on tax deferred, maximizing your IRA deductions and 401k. But after 59 and a half, start doing the Roth conversion every year. Don't let a year go by and target. And by the way, Neil, something that we do, we know to the dollar how much money an IRA should convert to a Roth. In a million, $1.2 million account, they shouldn't have $1.2 in Roth. What a waste to have that money in cash and short-term principal guaranteed accounts. They need to have the calculation and the number of how much money in their plan is going to be at risk because that risk number is what we're targeting and focusing on in the Roth conversion. But the Roth conversion is like Neil has said several times, that's the last biggest tax saving strategy available. We're going to finish the show up in our next segment and get to the other, because really there's there's strategies involved. So what are some of the tools we should use uh, maybe besides all of the Roth stuff and all of that? There's a lot of different tools in the world because the team at Decker Retirement can help you in the insurance world. They can certainly help you in the market world, but it's really about coming up with that plan for you and your situation. Everybody's situation is different. Everybody's hopes and dreams are different. Distribution planning, a big part of what the team at Decker Retirement does. Tax efficient planning, risk reduction, portfolio optimization, which is kind of what we're talking about here, um, being able to have income maximization because retirement is about income. You need increasing income as you move along. Certainly inflationary periods we're in right now, you need rising income as you move along the retirement world. And then fee minimization. It's all part of the Decker Retirement Decker approach, if you will. If you'd like to learn more, it's 833-707-3030. No cost for this, no obligation. The team's here to help. They just don't know if they can until they hear from you. 833-707-3030. Moving money into the Roth world, it's not right for everybody. It's a great thing if it does make sense for you, uh, but the team will certainly help you figure that out. 833-707-3030. Headed to our final segment right after this. This is Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker and Neil Finning of Decker Retirement Planning. Are you afraid you'll run out of money in retirement? Give Brian Decker a call at 833-707-3030. From the pitch, swung at a little too soon. Strike three, you're out. To the joke told at the wrong time. To barely missing your connecting flight. This is the final boarding call for flight 109 to Chicago. 
Timing is everything. And the same can be true for your social security benefits. Take them too soon and you could leave a lot of money on the table. Take them too late and you might spend down too much of your savings. Everybody's situation can be different, but taking your social security benefits at the right time is important for your retirement success. Brian J. Decker and his team at Decker Retirement Planning understand social security and can help you make decisions that are best for you and your retirement dreams. Call Brian at 833-707-3030 to start optimizing your benefits. With Social Security, timing is everything, so don't delay. Call Brian J. Decker at Decker Retirement Planning today, 833-707-3030 firm offers insurance services and is not affiliated with the U.S. government. Decker Retirement Planning, Inc. is a registered investment advisor in the state of Utah. You're listening to Safer Retirement Radio. If you like what you hear on today's show or have questions, drop by DeckerRetirementPlanning.com or call 833-707-3030 to talk to Brian. Welcome back to Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement Planning. Also with us, of course, the Renton Planner for Decker Retirement. That is Neil Finning. I'm Mark Elliott. Glad you're with us. You can always go to the website again on the menu tab. There's a Safer Retirement Education tab. Uh, There's 12 different things you can download for no cost, no obligation. Brian's book on retirement, The Decker Approach. Three Principles of Retirement Book. The Checklist Challenge Sample Income Plan. That's just four of the 12. There's a lot of different things there. You can educate yourself. And if you have any questions, once you do so, uh, you can always call the team. It's 833-707-3030, 833-707-3030. And again, the website, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. All right, Brian, we've covered a lot of ground uh, today on the program. Where are you going in our final segment? Uh, this is one of my favorites, and it's called Net Unrealized Appreciation. And Neil, in your backyard, you have corporate headquarters of Costco, Boeing, Starbucks, Microsoft. Um, what are some more? Anyhow, you've got Amazon. Some, Amazon. You've got some heavy hitters there. And let's say that I've got a 401k where all I have done successfully is just accumulate Costco, Amazon, uh, Boeing, uh, Starbucks stock. And so I've got my my 401k is 1.5 million, and it is all stock. Tell me what uh, what you can do in your tax wizardry. So I, net unrealized appreciation is something that, that is, is a little less common, but is an unbelievable opportunity if you're able to take advantage of it. Um, let's say you work at Amazon and in your 401k, you've accumulated $2 million in Amazon stock. Well, net unrealized appreciation allows you to distribute that Amazon stock from your 401k to an IRA account or um, to a taxable account, and you only pay income tax on the cost basis. So let's say you have $2 million in Amazon stock in your 401k, and you purchase that for $200,000. So when you do a net unrealized appreciation, you're able to take all $2 million Amazon stock, move it to a taxable brokerage account, and only have tax implications on 200000 of that. So that'll come out as 200000 in income versus $2 million in income. From there, you can sell that stock for long-term capital gains, depending on how long you held that. Or as we were talking about charitable remainder trusts, and what I actually really like to do is, is do a charitable remainder trust alongside with a net unrealized appreciation so that I can eliminate any of the income taxes due uh, on that cost basis amount. 
So if we do a CRUT, get a 30% deduction on $2 million in stock, then we get, you know, 600,000 uh, that we can take as a deduction, eliminate 200,000, and then do another conversion on IRA assets or 401k assets. It's really an unbelievable kind of no-brainer that nobody really talks about. And I think that's a deficit that, that we have in the planning community. That's a great point. And by the way, I want to emphasize, as soon as that person moves their 401k into an IRA, that option is gone. It's down the drain. So this has to be done while it's still a 401k, correct? Correct. Okay. So now let's talk estate taxes because the state of Washington is a state that has an a state a state tax for estates above 2.2 million and the, the rate is about 20%. So let's say that uh, one of the things that we look for in a client's will is a pour over provision, um, making sure that, yeah, they have a trust, but if, if uh, Mark gives his beloved wife, Sarah, all of his residuary estate, then that, makes, that means that he's got a probate issue. Half of the wills that we review and look at have this problem. Make sure that your uh, will has the pour over provision where it properly distributes all of the residuary estate, not to your beloved spouse, but to your trust. Point one. Point two is make sure that you have the AB clause in your trust so that you're using the exclusions to your benefit. It's going to be very important to have a properly drafted will and trust. But let's talk about estate taxes at the state level. In the state of Washington, um, let's say that after a lifetime of paying taxes, Neil, that you decide you don't want to pay another $800,000 in taxes to the state of Washington just because you died. What are your options? Well, you can start by uh, creating what's called an irrevocable life insurance trust. So that's a great opportunity to move assets outside of your estate because by the nature of it being irrevocable, it no longer acts as uh, tied to your estate. So you can create this irrevocable life insurance trust, uh, pay premiums into it, and then when you pass away, all of that will pass to your beneficiaries uh, tax-free and estate tax-free. So that's a great option to look at too. Um, you can also incorporate uh, your um, indexed universal life, or variable universal life policies. Any of those kind of insurance options allow us to bypass um, estate uh, and state taxes um, in certain ways too. So. Um, those are those are things that we'd love to explore with you um, as well. So in nine months after date of death, the second spouse to die, estate taxes are due in cash. Is there ever a good time to sell in the stock market? Because if markets are up, you don't want to sell because it's going up. If markets are down, you don't want to sell because markets are going down. And the same thing for real estate. Here with the islet in the second to die policy held outside of your estate, you have about 15 cents on the dollar that you're paying to pay in cash, tax-free, um, your estimated estate taxes. It's a beautiful thing. Neil, we've got time for one more strategy. Um, let's say that you are charitably inclined and you just had a taxable event and you need a tax credit really bad. 
Tell us about how you would use a donor advised fund. Yeah, so the the CRUT is an option to create um, deductions, but to Brian's point, there's another quicker, um, much less kind of upfront work uh, that can be done with a donor advised fund. So you can contribute uh, upfront, say you're making contributions of 10,000 a year to whatever charity you want. Um, you can front load something called a donor advised fund with five, six, seven years worth of those contributions. And then in that year, you get that deduction. So if you have a major taxable event, you can do a donor advised fund and front load deductions to offset that major tax implication that you have in that year. It's it's really powerful, really easy to set up and um, a great way to get that additional deduction. All right, Brian, you got two minutes left. So I'm gonna let you kind of, you and Neil kind of wrap it all up because you covered a lot of ground today. Okay, in two minutes, Neil, do you think one of two things has to happen? Do you think that Washington, D.C., our, our brilliant congressmen and senators are going to pay down the debt, or do you think that the debts will accumulate and they'll find ways to raise taxes? Uh, I mean, I don't see the federal government doing anything to uh, fix the current problem. Uh, as much as they would just raise taxes, because once you create some spending, uh, it's really hard for the government to stop spending. So the only other option is to increase taxes. So I think that's what we see going forward in their infinite wisdom. Now, in, there's a dilemma going on right now because the Fed wants lower rates. There's 30 trillion reasons why the Fed wants a lower rate. It has to do with the rate that we pay on our deficit, 30 trillion. And so the Fed wants lower rates, and yet we have runaway inflation with a CPI above eight and a half. By the way, that's uh, incredibly low because it doesn't take into consideration a lot of our daily activities like uh, real estate and rent, rental income and, and food and energy. Um, but with inflation, they have to raise rates. And so by raising rates, they're going to uh, lower the stock market. And they're going to raise the interest that we pay on $30 trillion in order to get inflation down. So again, when it comes to taxes, that's another push uh, that's, that's budgetary that is going to be pushing really hard. Uh, and that's the interest that we pay. Neil, you've covered a lot of ground. Any final comments uh, on the strategies that we use? Yeah, so all these strategies, uh, they're all dynamic and individualized, uh, and that's really the best way to look at it. So first things first, we got to come up with an income plan so that we can actually see uh, which ones to employ and which ones actually make sense for each individual person. And so none of the, some of these might work, all of these might work for an individual person, but we don't know until we are actually able to plan that out. So that's kind of the most important piece is, is figuring out how to tie all of these in. And you can certainly call the team at Decker Retirement, 833-707-3030 to find out if some of these things that Neil and Brian were talking about today make sense for you. 
Uh, it's a great opportunity for you, I think, to find out more about your specific situation because everybody's situation is different. 833-707-3030, again, is the number to chat with the team at Decker Retirement because you have questions about any of this. Taxes are going up. We know that. The, our tax code finishes. The, the 2018 tax code that we were under with Trump ends in 2025. 2026, we revert back to 2017. We know the Biden administration has talked about raising taxes. So there's a lot of moving parts here. The sooner you get chatting with the team at Decker Retirement, the better for you. 833-707-3030. And again, if you want to find out more about the Safer Retirement Education part of the website, Decker Retirement Planning, there's 12 different things you can download. It's DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. Neil, appreciate your time. Brian, as always, a pleasure. Uh, you guys enjoy the rest of the weekend. We'll chat again next week. Decker Retirement Planning offers insurance services. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Decker Retirement Planning is not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable. But accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Decker Retirement Planning. This radio show is a paid placement.